And welcome everybody to another fabulous edition of Valentine's Day edition of the Heat Ratio. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo at T Cotillo23 with my co-host, Mr. John Coger at PGH John36. And it's Cupid Day. It's love day. And we're spending it together. I, I know. And I didn't even wear my red either. And you I didn't buy I mean? any chocolates. So, what, what do you think? Valentine's Day, right? And we're both elder statesmen, so to speak, right? Family guys, kids, wife. You know, but is it what it used to be? For, is a formality? I mean, listen, wives ain't listening right now, right? It's just me and you talking. Like, I mean, it, doesn't it feel like sometimes it's just like a, a forced holiday? Because that's what it feels like to me. Well, yeah, and it had, hey, Super Bowl was two weeks ago. I don't know. I don't know how many husbands out there uh, remembered that Valentine's Day was coming. You know what I mean? After the parade and everything, um, I was yeah. out. I was out yesterday, so I can't deny it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Truthfully, I don't. I don't think about it too much. You I mean, I mean, listen. Back all in the, the day, I was all like the holidays. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I, I was the romance guy back in the day. You know what I mean? Write the little love notes. Like, he used to call you smooth, Tony. I was smooth. I really was. And what happened to you? Uh, I grew up. <laughs> I grew up, and I got smart. And I got savvy. But now, I mean, you know, it's funny because I go on Twitter today and preparing for the show, and I see John Mayer comes out, and you know, courtesy of People Magazine, he reveals his secret to perfectly smooth skin. Says it's being single at forty. Well, I'm going to be forty this year. I'm not single. So if that's the secret, maybe I should stay single. I don't know because I definitely got no perfectly smooth skin. Well, Von Miller, you know, he he has sensitive skin. He uses lotion. You know, he tells the coach all the time. Uh, okay, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm not sure why you know that. Old Spice commercial. Oh, is it Old Spice? I think it's Old Spice. I, I wasn't. I'm not up on Old Spice yeah. commercials. They only play it like 50 times on points a day. Like, <laughs> I can't help it. Well, we're going to talk a lot of stuff today. We're going to talk Eagles, obviously, some parade stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about some coaching changes, running back situation, roster moves, some fantasy baseball. But i seen something, breaking news the other day, this week, that Johnny Manziel has, has proclaimed himself to be sober, and he's bipolar, and he wants to return to the NFL. So um, I don't know about you. But I kind of think he burned a lot of the bridges that he had. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be always known as Johnny Football. It's a shame because I really thought coming out of school, he was going to be the real deal. Uh, I really did. I, I know people told me I was nuts, but I really thought he was. Out of the league since 2015, he had some teams looking for a quarterback. But this guy's best shot was body shots on the party boat. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Or at the Playboy yeah. Mansion. So I, I don't really – he can't go to the XFL because Vince McMahon already said – Listen, I don't want I don't want guys drug addicts. I don't want violence guys. I, I don't want guys who've been suspended. You know, he doesn't want any of those guys. So, this is Johnny Manziel. Do you think he actually gets a shot for an NFL team? I mean, he he can't just self proclaim that things are all better and forget about you know all those years of partying and up and you know just not coming to play football, not doing your job. So, I mean, it's going to take a while for him to prove. I mean, does he get an invite to, a, you know what I mean, to camp? Probably. I mean, I don't know who's going to invite him. I mean, a quarterback, everybody's always looking for quarterbacks. And I Absolutely. Mean, you know, if the, you know, if uh, I don't have 
I'm not bipolar, but I mean it's a serious not as, it's a serious sickness. And if he was using the drinking and drugs or whatever to cope with that bipolar, I mean, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but if he gets himself on, you know, regular medication, you know what I mean, not partying it up. I mean, everybody deserves a second chance. I mean, he, he was, he's definitely capable. I mean, you don't get drafted that high in the NFL if you don't have a glimmer of hope. No, you're you know right. I mean? But you got you to right. earn some trust, and he has to show that he wants to come in and he wants to, you know, study up on the playbook. He wants to be a supportive teammate. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing now is that, you know, what team's going to gamble on him? I mean, he had some moments in Cleveland. He had some moments. Um, he just reminds you of that. The kid that was born with the silver spoon in his mouth, like, remember, uh, I don't know if you're a movie guy, New Jack City, you know, Wesley Slice, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth, Miss Hawkins, like, kind of like that kind of sort of thing. This is a guy who's been given everything his whole life. Uh, he's never wanted for anything. And I hate, forgive me for saying this, but I think this is his way of taking the easy way out. I think, you know, and, and this is not to downgrade any listeners out there. If you have bipolar syndrome, I get it. It is a disease. It's very serious. But when guys like this come out with things like that, it just tells me they're trying to cover something up, trying to cover for all their shortcomings over the past couple years. Okay. And it's an easy way for him to slide back in. Okay. And I look at teams, Cleveland, the Jets, Minnesota. Obviously, he's not going to get a start role. Uh, he's going to be a, a you know a backup, maybe even a third string right now. You know, it, it, the the ceiling has fallen for Johnny Manziel. So, I mean, T.J. Yates, uh, name some names. Even Case Keenum, I know he had a good year, but Josh McCown, I, I the names aren't really that gla- glamorous that he can crack an NFL team. So it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it goes in camp. Well, in in reality, though, I mean. I'm just throwing out there. Would it be the worst thing to have him go into like a Tennessee and back up Mariota? No, you know, I, you know what I mean. It's if a good system out there too. Right, if you're taking a flyer on the guy and you believe him, hey, just because there's not an open path to a starting NFL quarterback job, I mean, he's going to have, like you said, he got to work his way back up. He's not coming in, and I don't expect him to get a starting gig week one in the NFL this year. So you speak about backup and. You know, we were going to talk about the slavers. I think it's a good time to bring this up. What about the Eagles? Uh, You know, and the reason why I say that before everybody starts screaming at me out there, we have to start thinking about this Nick Foles situation. Okay, we're a week removed from the big game. It still feels good. I love it. I I, I probably watched the replay thirty five times. Okay, it's great watching the Philly special play. It's great watching the Corey Clement catch. Uh, it's great watching the strip sack. There's so many awesome moments in that game, especially the mic'd up. I don't know if you caught it. People out there caught it. The mic'd up edition is just phenomenal. But it, it brings me to the point is what do you do with Nick Foles? And, and before you answer that, I, I honestly think you're the Super Bowl MVP. It deserves a conversation between Allie Roseman, Doug Peterson, and Nick Foles. I think they owe it to him, even though I think I know the answer, but I think they owe it to him to sit down. Okay, me and Coach Dave were talking about this this weekend, okay? And he agree with me that we need to sit down and say, what do you want to do, Nick? Do you want to chase them? Do you want to go somewhere and start? 
or are, are you comfortable here being the backup for one more year? And I think, it, uh, and honestly, I think he's going to say he's comfortable being here, but I think it owes him that much to sit down. And the thing is, if even if they do, if he does say that, what if a team comes to you and says, you know what, we're going to give you number two, not a, not a number 63 or 62, like 35, 40, you know, we, we, we don't have a second or third round pick this year. I think you have to take it. I know people are going crazy about that, but I'm telling you right now, I'm taking that 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 pick. The Niners come to me, and they say, you want to give me their second-round pick? I'm taking it. The Giants, not saying they would, but I'm just hypothetically, okay? I'm taking it. What about you? You're taking that pick? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely can't hurt. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't. I don't have a strong opinion one way or another because your Pro Bowl quarterback's coming off of an ACL injury, you know what I mean? And he's the Super Bowl MVP, you know, in Foles, which is capable and led that team to, you know, the first title. So, yeah, it's like anything. I mean, it's... You want to you want to get the most you can out of a player that's under your control. If that means trading them for draft picks, you want to do it. But that's just you know you're kind of it's a dicey situation. You know, I mean, it really is because if Wentz for whatever reason, let's just say he's not all the way back, or hey, what if he gets dinged up with like a sprained knee for three weeks? I mean, Roethlisberger's had plenty of them through his career. You know, what I mean, all the guys. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that'll get dinged up couple weeks hey you're you're going in you know the nfc east is not an easy division you know what i mean dallas is going to be hungry this year oh, uh, big yeah. time hungry no doubt. so i mean you got to make sure you come with your a game you know it's it does you know if wentz plays all 16 games then you and you trade Foles, then you know you made the right decision you trade Foles, and Wentz doesn't make it through, or he's he misses a month due to something he's not there at the beginning of the season you got an uphill battle, you know what I mean? If d- depending on who, I mean, if you don't have Foles, who do you have? I disagree, you know? though. I think winning the Super Bowl changes that landscape. I think if you were still chasing that Lombardi Trophy, then you say, okay, you know what? I need Foles because if Cars is not ready for Week One, Week Two, you know, let's not forget, Phil Rivers came back an extraordinarily. Uh, a short amount of time from ACL injury. And I have a feeling that Carson Wentz will probably do the same thing. But all things considered, we already won the trophy. We're the defending champions. So I think if we didn't win this year, I think it's a different landscape. I think that's when you say, I need to keep Foles because I'm still chasing that trophy. I think this gives you the luxury to trade Nick Foles to get value for him in a draft where you have no second or third round pick this year. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, where you do you do have a couple spots you need you have needs. Okay. You could turn that into needs. You could turn Nick Foles treasure into gold for you. Okay. Maybe silver for somebody else, but gold for you. And I think this is the perfect time to do it. So I think people are gonna come knocking. I think people are gonna come knocking. Oh, I really yeah. do. Uh, and, and I think you gotta take it. Uh, you you have Plenty of situations. I mean, you have the one, which is obviously is number thirty-two. Okay, you got a f- two fourth-round picks, two fifth-round picks, and a sixth. Okay, you, obviously you lost your second-round pick as the final piece of the trade. They brought Carson Wentz here. I'll do that any day of the week, right? The third-round pick is suspect to me. Okay, you got you gave off the third-round pick of Jordan Matthews to Buffalo to get Ronald Darby. 
I'm not a huge Ronald Darby guy. Okay, I don't know how, you know, people out there listen to me. I don't know if you feel me on this, but I just feel like he's his coverage is way too soft. He's obviously he's a chaser. Okay, he's a big play chaser. Just like he reminds me so much of Asante Samuel. But I think Asante Samuel could cover better than Ronald Darby. That's just my own opinion. So Darby got exposed against New England. Darby got exposed in the playoffs. He did not have a good postseason. So here's a guy you're kind of relying on. So you gave up a third-round pick. So it's going to be interesting because if Sidney Jones comes into the fray, and you really don't know how he's going to play. It's a guy coming off an ACL, or I mean an Achilles injury, as a cornerback that you press off of that heel, okay? You need that heel. We don't know if he's going to be the same guy. So that third-round pick went to Darby. I still have question marks about that. Obviously, the fourth-round pick he got back from New England for Eric Rowe, he got exposed. Congratulations, whatever happened out there. Seattle, okay, you got Seattle's fifth-round pick. Okay, basically, you sent uh, basically the, the Sam Bradford pick to the Vikings, but sent that Minnesota pick to Miami for JHIA. So Eric Rowe turned into that, which was gold, obviously. And he were upgraded to seventh-rounder with fifth. By sending Matt Tobin to Seattle, I still don't. So Matt Tobin, uh, Howie Rose is just ridiculous. So we we turn a stiff of Matt Tobin into a, from a seventh round to a fifth round pick. I don't get that. So hypothetically speaking, I think we need that that second round pick, and I'm trading it, folks. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I'm not fully on one side or the other. The one thing I will say, and just to what you said, I don't think winning the Super Bowl this year has anything to do with the deci- with the decision that I'm making for my quarterback next year. I, so yeah, because winning the Super Bowl, that was last year. And when you're talking about, right. do I trade a player to get a pick or whatever, whether I won last year or not, I don't care. I got to do what's best for my team. I mean, I don't care. You're five days away from just winning the Super Bowl. I got to do what's best for my team right now today to win next year. Why do you worry about a backup, though? It's it's a piece because yeah, but it's more of a piece before you won the big game, right? So it was more of a piece this year because you were you were chasing a trophy, right? And now you're always going to be chasing a trophy, but when you have one, it's a lot easier to go trophy chasing. Okay, with a different backup is what I'm saying. Well, I, I suppose. I mean, I mean, it's definitely treasure that you don't want wasted on your bench. You, you know what I mean? I, I completely can. agree with you there. I mean, I'm not saying that you definitely are going to trade the guy. Right. What I'm saying, though, is somebody comes to you, I, I think you really have to have that conversation. And I think it's got to happen. I think you need to take you need to take that second-round pick and turn it into a linebacker. Okay, turn it into a, a game-breaking wide receiver. Okay, you got to turn that into something. And I think that's what they need to do. There's backups we can sign up there, okay? Yeah. Hey, look, brings us back. Johnny Manziel. I don't know. You work, you bring him to camp, you work a shot. Am I so on Subfell? Absolutely not. If you're going to get rid of Foles, you need to bring in a better backup in here. Uh, maybe you bring in Case Keenum. Uh, I don't know. He's not getting starter job. I don't care what anybody says. He's not getting starter money. Okay, so maybe, I don't know. Maybe we the roles reverse. I, I, I don't know. What's Sam Bradford come trotting back? Oh, there's the another town. one. Sam <laughs> Bradford, Sam, right? right? Sam Bradford. Yep. So, you know, and that, that brings us back to the offense side of the ball. You look at the running back situation, okay? We, we posed uh, a poll on Twitter. Started to vote yesterday. Who's the odd man out? Is it like Garrett Blunt, who is a free agent right now, okay? Is it JHIA? Is it Corey Clement? Is it Darren Sproles? 
Is it Danelle Pomfrey? So the vote was actually Blunt, Ajaye, or Pomfrey. Okay? And, and, and the only reason why I say that is because Corey Clement was an undrafted guy. So he, he showed what he could do, and he's cheap, right? This guy's cheap. So this guy's here to stay. This whole question is surrounds Darren Sproles. Okay? Darren Sproles... You know, people may feel differently about this, but if Darren Sproles wants to finish his career as a Philadelphia Eagle, he deserves every single right to be able to do that. So I feel as though you owe it to him. He's not going to cost a ton of money against the cap. Okay, you owe it to him to see what he can do, and I think he's in. Okay, I think LeGarrette Blount is out. I think LeGarrette Blount, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's not for another year. Listen. I honestly think LeGarrette Blunt's done playing football. I think he's happy, man. I don't think he's that guy who wants to play until he's 35 or 34. He's 31 years old, or he's going to be 31 when the season starts. He's done, man. He won his ring again. He got paid. I don't think he I don't think he cares, honestly. So I, I don't I think he actually kind of will just go off into the sunset. Okay. And and Donnell Pumphrey is a wild card here. He really is, because we didn't see a lot of him. Okay, and you know, and like again, I keep I give them plugs. Coach Dave, he knows his shit. Okay, but he's talking about how he was in two back sets in training camp. Okay, he was in that. He, he was in that. They wanted him to be that slot guy. They wanted him to be that guy out of the backfield, kind of like a Cole Beasley, kind of like a Wes Welker kind of role. I honestly think that's what they wanted for him when they drafted him. They knew he couldn't withstand the pound and to go bumping and grinding through the middle of the line. Okay, he wasn't that kind of guy. But if you have a Jaya who is a violent runner for that, and Clement, okay, I really like, or Clement, I really like Danelle Pumphrey if he can get over the hump. But I think he could be the odd man out, too. Yeah, I would go. I think I don't think they'll re-sign Blunt. Um, he's a one-year rental type of player. You know what I mean? Nowadays, I mean, I'm not saying, hey, sometimes he comes in, he's he's a punishing running back, and other times he could just get stuffed up, you know? Um, I think Ajay is a lock. Oh, he's got to be. He has to be a lock. Absolutely. He's your number one. That, and what I find, I'm not, if they utilize Pumphrey that way, you know, out of the slot, coming out of the backfield, you know, going out as a receiver, that's fine. I see... Uh, Clement and Sproles, uh, there's just there, there's not enough plays for all these guys. Is the problem? Yeah, but you, you said that I mean? this year, and there was. I mean, well, you, you used the, you, you used a four back system basically this year. Right. Well, Definitely Pumphrey, three, right? Pumphrey didn't play that much, and Sproles was down. Well, well you know Pumphrey I mean? was on IR, right? And and, and Sproles obviously was on IR too, right? But, you, you even had Kenyon Barner in there at some times. I mean, that's bit. The, For the most part, right? though, it was the three of them. Right. It was Blunt, Ajay, and Clement. And, you know, and Clement. So now you but, now you have Ajay, Clement, right. and Sproles. Right. And then Humphrey would probably be your Kenyon Barner if Humphrey can return kicks and if he can stay healthy enough to be in that, that kind of slot position, so to speak, yeah. that maybe the Eagle, the dual back set that the Eagles want. You know, you know he reminds you of, uh, he reminds you of a guy like CJ Prosites out in Seattle. He's a guy who doesn't have that big build, okay, but he's a fast and shifty guy. But you're only going to give him the ball probably 10 times a game, if that. Right. Five to seven. But he's a gadget guy. And this offense, who, let's not forget, this offense doesn't have an elite 
playmaker. Okay, so in this offense, he could do some damage if he could stay healthy. Yeah, he could. He absolutely could. I mean, I think a lot of times people forget about those hyped rookies, and I'm not necessarily saying, you know, when you're an Eagles fan talking about, you know, your first-round pick or, what, you know, your, your pick and the guy that you know. But, I mean, even taking it to fantasy, you know what I mean? Not to get into a huge discussion about it, but one of my guys this year is potentially David Dahl. We got to see what uh, David Dahl. We got to see what uh, you know the news is, and you know what the um, you know what the makeup of the of the lineup and everything, and how much playing time what they're doing with Desmond and the rookie McMahon. But that's a guy. He was as a rookie. He was getting drafted probably in about the sixth round last year, and you know because it was all the potential hype. Now this year. You could get him much later than that, but is he really much different than, you know what I mean, what it was? And I think that's the same thing like with Pumphrey. He didn't have, he didn't get the showcase, but you drafted him when you, you know, for a reason. He had, he had so, a, okay, you get hurt he had a and great, you come back. A, a, a record-breaking collegiate career. Right. Okay, we all know that. He broke the records out there, Okay. So I, I get that. That's, that's your second round pick for this year, basically. But, yeah. That, you know what I, I mean? You know, let's hope not. Right. Let's hope not. But, you know, hey, listen. I mean, it all goes into what they want to do offensively. My money, I think we're in agreement. I think Blunt's the odd man out. I really do. And Paul Free could be in there if he stays healthy. Or who knows with the Eagles, man. They they could blow our minds and, and draft somebody in the second round if they trade Nick Foles. And uh, you never know what Howie Rose was thinking, right? And that brings us to another guy, Jason Peters. Okay, so another decision. Listen, this offseason, it's a good re- right? It's a good deal that a good problem to have. We won the Super Bowl. Okay, so now we have decisions to make. Listen, I get it. There's a lot of money here that's going to have to be cut. Okay, Jason Peters, though, if he comes back and and he's up to where he needs to be, okay, he counts ten point six million dollars against the cap this season. It's a big number. But I think he's his his dead money value is about seven and a, or five million. I think it's five and a half million, which is a decent amount, especially if you're X amount of dollars over the cap. Jason Pierce, though, is a Hall of Fame left tackle. Okay, I I honestly think what happens to JP is he comes in. I think, as crazy as it sounds, I think he will restructure for that year. They'll take care of him somehow. Okay, bring his value down a little bit. And I think he'll retire an Eagle. And I think he will, mark my words, if he's healthy, he will make the Pro Bowl at 36 years old and will be a stud. And I think they move Vitae on the inside, play left guard, okay? And basically what that does is Wisniewski, I think, is going to get a lot of money, I think, somewhere. And I don't think he's going to get it from us. So I think basically that's going to be your band-aid for one year. It's going to be JP. It's going to be Vitae. You still got Kelsey. You still have Brandon Brooks. And you still have Lane Johnson. And then they probably draft a guy in this draft, a guard, okay, that when JP goes, Vitae goes back to left tackle, and here comes your guard. One year he spent backing up, learning the system. So I think that's where they go. Uh, I kind of think it's a no-brainer, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You don't want to. You don't want to let that guy go. You know what I mean? You you figure out if you can make the money work. You know what I mean? Both sides. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. He's getting towards the end of his career. You know what I mean? You just won the Super Bowl. He wants another one. 
I, I can't see him going, you know, like want to do anything else. He'll restructure. Like if they ask him to restructure, they'll, they'll, I mean, he, together. he wasn't too uh, thrilled about restructuring last time. So I'm not saying he's going to jump at it, but right. that was before he got injured. Right. And I think he knows the situation right now. Exactly. I really do. And, I, and listen, they have ways to get these guys their money. Let's not forget. Right. So, you know, behind the scenes, things go on. Well, I obviously know that. So I don't think that's an issue. Um, the other thing with the Eagles, listen, everybody wants part of the tree now, right? So everybody wants part of those branches. So we find out that Weasel Josh McDaniels weasels out of the con. You know, maybe I think the Colts dodged a bullet out here. I really do because I was a Josh McDaniels guy. I thought second time around this guy's got it. But after that Weasel move that he did on the handshake, you know what? I got no respect for Josh McDaniels right now. Zero. And Congratulations to Frank Reich for being the head coach of the Colts. And I think Frank Reich leaving, I think, is a huge deal. Huge deal. Okay? Filippo leaves as the offensive coordinator, goes to Miami to be the, the backup, uh, to be the offensive coordinator for Zimmer. But I like Filippo. He did a lot with helping Carson Wentz evolve. But I don't think that's a huge loss. Frank Reich, I think, is a bigger loss than people – People really realize, uh, you know, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, they've all come out and said, you know, basically that postseason was Frank Reich's game calls. The Atlanta game, the Minnesota game, okay, a lot of the Super Bowl. Uh, he was heavily involved in the playbook. So that brings us next to who replaces a guy like this? It, you know, you, you keep here. I'm a big Deuce Staley guy. Okay, I love Deuce. He's done a hell of a job with the running backs. Can he call plays on a passing end? I don't know. Uh, Mike Rowe, here's a guy who came from Chicago, wide receivers coach, okay? He was he was very, very well known out there for making Alshon Jeffrey, okay? He came here. He turned a lot of good receive a lot of average receivers into very good receivers. He's another guy that's being talked about. So it's going to be interesting. I know people talk about Brian Westbrook. You know, if Deuce goes up, maybe B. West comes back as a running back coach. Honestly, I don't think Big West wants to coach. I, that's just my opinion. I listen to him. I hear him on 97.5. I hear him make his cameo appearances. I think Brian Westbrook's just happy being Brian Westbrook. I don't think he wants the hustle and bustle of the everyday grind 200 and, you know, I, well, probably 300 and what? 40 days a year because they probably get like a day a day off a week in the off season, which is like nothing because they're grinding, the, you know, during the, in the film room. So I think he's happy. He's a big horse guy, likes his horses, likes his stable. I think he stays there. But what do you think, man? What do you think about the, the Frank Wright? You think it's a huge loss like I do? Yeah, I mean, it's always a big loss. Yeah, I mean, your team has to transition. You know, it's a locker room. You know, the, there's a lot of guys that – build relationships and they get close to each other and you know what they're thinking and you know it's a good fit so I mean yes it's a big deal and things you know aren't always a smooth transition where it'll go right from one guy to another now obviously if they go with one of the internal candidates that they're talking about that at least helps so you don't have somebody coming in trying to totally reinvent everything there will be some stability you know what I mean with um not necessarily the play calling, but, you know, the way the team's going to run. I don't see a huge change if they pull in one of those internal candidates. I would, me personally, I agree with you. I like Deuce, but I would go with Mike Groh 
Cause I, wow. that's just my gut. I, I think I just have a little more confidence in him with Wentz and the receivers. And I mean, you could say, you know, okay, well Deuce did it with the running backs. Well, he did it with the receivers. I don't know. I just, my personal opinion is I just feel that like the receivers and things are closer with the quarterback and knowing all the routes and all these things. Running backs are more about hitting the hole. I mean, you still got to know your plays. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from that, but the running backs got to hit the hole. I mean, I'm not saying there's not game planning that goes in that's involved in this and that. I just feel that game planning uh, an entire NFL team I feel is easier from the passing side of the spectrum than the running side. So I think no, I, I think they're both qualified, and uh, I, I wouldn't I be I wouldn't be angry either way. You know, but what I mean? but, but here's the thing: I think I think this decision, it, you know, the basis for this decision is more on just game film. This is more on game preparation. It's more than that. Deuce Staley is he embodies what a Philadelphia Eagle means? Okay. I've seen this way too often. I've seen coaches, players, B-Doc have to leave as a player. Trot, leave as a player. Screw that. I don't want Deuce leaving because you know what's going to happen? Deuce is going to go right down the turnpike, and he's going to be the offensive coordinator for Pat Shermer, okay, and the New York Giants. I don't want that. I, I don't want that at all. I want Deuce here. Deuce has been through it all, and he's the one guy on that staff through the Chip Kelly era, okay, that has stood out. He's put his time in. His time is now. Mike Rowe is a Chicago Bear. He's not a Philadelphia Eagle. Screw him. Step aside. This is deuce time. This is deuce time. I'm tired of letting these guys go, okay? I don't care if he fails, but he deserves the opportunity to be here because he bleeds green like me, not you, like me, okay? You bleed black and gold. I bleed green, okay? So he deserves to be here. And I'm sorry, I'm going to be highly pissed off, along with a lot of other people, I think, if you let him go down that turnpike, okay, and you give this job to a guy who doesn't bleed green. I'm sorry. You have the opportunity, you do it. That's what you do. Okay, that's my opinion. Yeah, and I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad move. I mean, you said he's been through the Chip Kelly. Well, he's also been through the Andy Reid, and the, you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, he's been with the organization for such a long time. There's no, no he question has. that where his heart is and where he wants to be. Listen, he I, left for the money, right? Yeah, when he was a player. Yep. which is fine. Trot left well, for the money. You hey, have, I, hey, you got to chase. You got to chase the money. It's a business. It's absolutely. a business. Yeah. Now. I agree it's a business now when you get to be like a Jason Peters. If you're trying to – if you're messing around trying to milk out another million or two and say, you know, thinking that you're – and I'm not saying that he thinks he's bigger than the team, but there are guys out there that say, no, I still got it. I would rather leave and make my $14 million somewhere than stay and make $10 million here. You know what I mean? Even though you won the Super Bowl with them, uh, you know, I'm not – it, it happens. It's a business. Some guys, they're like, you know what? I'm winding down to the end. I, I want to be with this team all the way through. I mean, there's a lot of guys like that. McCutcheon wanted to do it. Well, hey, whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, there's guys, there's guys that want to do it. And other ones, you know, they say, you know what? I'm chasing the money. And they may come back after they retire, you know, on the coaching staff with that team that they were with for all those years. You know what I mean? Just because you have a couple years somewhere else getting your money. Now you're right. 
You're right. I mean, and, and again, I mean, this is all over the NFL, right? It's all about money. Let's face it. It's all about money. I'm just saying from a coaching standpoint that when, when you have a guy who you've brought up, who you've molded, who's been in the organization, okay, all you're going to do is piss the fans off. Yep. Okay? There's no reason to because you save face. Listen, it's not like I'm asking you to take the quality controls guy, okay, who I've said – on record, who's basically a Gatorade mixer, okay, and make him an offensive coordinator. No, I'm saying you take the running backs coach who works in that room, who dissects those plays with the offensive coordinator, and you you make him the man now. And I think that's what they need to do. I mean, look, we can bring this back back to Pittsburgh. They got a lot of decisions to make too. I mean, not coach-wise, but player-wise. I mean, you know, we're talking about the Eagles here and all the decisions they have to make. Hey, your boys are going to be chasing again. Okay, they chased this year. They fell short. They got to chase again. Obviously, Tomlin, he's in the he's in the driver's seat. Okay, he got the the vote of confidence again today. Not like he needed it. Okay, but he came out. He got two big decisions. He got Big Ben, who's thirty five. Obviously, he said he was going to retire last year. He didn't. Now he's saying he wants to play a couple more years. Okay, we'll see how that goes. But the big sock is Le'Veon Bell sock. What you know, you franchise this guy again two years in a row, you're gonna pay him fourteen and a half million. I don't think you have the money to pay this guy fourteen and a half million. Okay, and I don't know if he's gonna sign that that franchise tag for fourteen and a half million. So what do you do? If you're the Steelers, do you commit to this guy at a running back position? We know, hey, look, five years. Five-year lifespan, running back, five years, right? I mean, we can bring up all of the Adrian James, five years, right? Five years, Adrian Pearson, five years, five good years. So how many years Le'Veon Bell have right now? Three, four good years? How many more years yeah. he have? Oh, I don't. So I what do you do? There, well, do you commit big money to this guy? I'm, I'm not I'm not 100% sold on the five-year, but, yeah, running back. You don't so. think so? Five good years, man. Let's let, let, no look. Look, we're going to ad lib this a little bit, okay? Because me, and you, we, we we take some notes. Let's be honest. We prepare for this show, but sometimes we get these conversations that go a little off kilter here, which is a good thing. Let's see how much you know. Let's see how much I know. I got nothing in front of me, okay? I got a computer with a bunch of wave marks on it right now, looking at static, seeing if I sound okay. Hopefully, I do. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But let's go. Five years, right? Five years. Name me running backs more than five years that were in their prime. That five years, more than five prime years. Who you got? You're, you're putting me on the spot. Well, I'm, I'm saying. Years. All right. You're going to battle my five-year spot. And I'm going to give you. I, I don't know exactly. Yeah, but I just gave not. you some of the guys. Right? Sean Alexander. Five years. Well, and that's what I can't quote if it was five, seven. Uh, dude, eight, it was five. And that's fine. It was five. Sure. Clinton Portis, five years. Right? I, I think no. it was more than five. Uh, Portis. He prime. Had, no. Prime. He had at least two to three years prime in Denver and at least two to three years prime in Washington. Okay, you just said two to three. So yeah. I'll take your three in Denver and two in Washington. I'll give you a five. How's that? All right. So five. It's close. Ray Rice. Yeah. Five. Oh, Ray Rice. Well, Ray Take Rice. That, but still. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. But, uh, okay, but still. Five, no matter what. Whether well, whether you hit a girl, okay, you, you store a little coke, okay, or you just, your body breaks down, okay? Five years. One guy I'll give you, Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber lasted more than five prime years. 
He did that. And I know that because he played down a turnpike from us, and he killed us a lot. Okay? Tiki Barber's one of those guys. Okay? He wrote Jerome Bettis. One of those guys, right? You should know well, that. Better. Yeah, it's way different back in the day than it is. Well, now. I'm just saying. Yeah. But there's not that many of them. I mean, you could go so, Curtis Martin, Corey right. Dillon. I Curtis mean, Martin. For 10, 10 right. years. Well, that's that's my point. So are you sure you want to invest? Oh, I'm not, I'm not sure that I want to invest. Put it this way. I mean, he is a violent runner. And I said it a, a few weeks ago. It, his workload, like he has... Over 400 touches, I think, for the past three years. That's and a concern. It, I, and I'm ad-libbing as well, so I... No, I that's know, right. I believe, that's, 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 this next, show's all about, next, right? Let's go. The next closest guy this year was, at like, maybe 280. Like, it wasn't even close that, you know, oh, he was just a little bit, snuck a little bit over. I mean, the amount of touches that he has, he's not a huge guy. I mean, no. he's he has a decent size, but... When you're looking at that, and I will tell you, so it's the durability after taking 400 touches three years in a row. The other thing that really gets to me is everybody fails to, or nobody remembers that he already had a four-game drug suspension. Yes, I remember that. So I understand the conversation. I, I mean, you know, you could say, well, is he worth that amount of money? If I didn't have to worry about he had... 400 yards, or, you know, I mean, 400 touches for the past three years with that kind of work. You saw what it happened to LaShawn McCoy when he gets, you know, got – I'm not saying that he, he didn't come back like two years he later. Was last year, bro. Yeah, right. No, but the, but the first year after they go and put up like 350 carries, same thing with uh, Murray. DeMarco same, Murray. Right, same exact it's thing. 300 when, carries. Right. We know that. Right. And we, right. So when you get that big workload, now he's had these 400 touches year after year. I mean, he's had a knee injury, like a pretty significant one. You know, I'm not saying like okay. major, major surgery. There's so many question marks that I understand. I think the Steelers want to get a long term deal done. He wants to get a long term deal done. Right. Well, okay. But, well, how old, is, how, how old is he? That's just 26, 27? Yeah, yeah 20, 25, 26. Okay. So say he's 26. Right. He wants five years. Right. And I know I don't want to get – well, put it this way. He are, What he wants now is going to be more than what we offered him last year that he declined. So he's he wants to – and especially with what happened with Shazier, he wants to lock it. He don't want Listen, that franchise tag. I he get wants, it. No, I do too. I get it. I understand it. But are you going to give it to him? I, I don't think I want to give him a five-year deal. No. No, I but, agree you know, with you. I would be comfortable. I would be comfortable with a three-year deal. He ain't gonna want it, but a three-year deal, I'm comfortable with. I'll pay that money for as good as he is. It's. I mean, hey, could he break down next year? Yeah, it's quite possible. But he's also he's still pretty young. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I get it. But it's a lot of wear and tear to run it back, man. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yep. They they have to be. You, you unfortunately, and and the proof is out there. You have to phone these guys in and out every four to five years. If you want to stay competitive, you can't lock a lot of money up into these running backs. Okay. St. Louis, Todd Gurley, he's got three years left, bro. I'm telling you, he's got three years left. After that, they're going to have to make that decision. Okay. You watch. I bet you the Rams, not this year. Okay. But I bet you next year they're drafting his replacement because they know that you got five. I'm telling you. And if you get any more than five, it's a luxury. 
Oh, it's gravy. Definitely. Okay, it's a luxury. So that's what I'm saying. I think I think the Steelers have a lot. They 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 gave Antonio Brown a ton of money. Yep. Okay, I don't disagree with it. Nope. But you can't pay everybody. Well, and so that's what it is. You got you got the big three. You got I, you got the big three, and they all want fifteen to twenty million a year. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I think that's going to be your issue out there in Pittsburgh. I, I don't think I think it's going to be a hardcore. Uh, Fight a contract oh, yeah. dispute, and I don't see it ending well. Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me either because just out of before out of the formality and with the timelines, I could see the Steelers franchising them just because they didn't quite get a deal done, and then the PR is going to be, well, we just franchised them, we're still working on the long term deal, and all you're doing is pissing them off more by even though it's a call it a formality, even though they're still working to the long term. You're pissing him off more. You already know that he wants more money than you're willing to give him. So, you know what I mean? If they do that franchise tag, it could go south real quick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, it's not that they still can't get the deal done. It's just... Yeah, because they, have, I mean? they have that X amount of time. Right, exactly. You know, I, I get that. So, I mean, I can see that, but it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But uh, I will say... I will say the Steelers restructured uh, DeCastro's contract. Okay. And they restructured somebody else to free up, I think, $12 million in space. Oh, yeah, because they're getting ready. Right. They're so, getting ready. They're, they're hoping maybe, say, maybe he takes a three-year deal. Right. Well, I'll I'm, give him three years. Put it this way. At least the, hey, the front office seems to be making some type of effort to you know, at least free up some cash and maybe get there. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I don't know if they're going to – Yeah, I don't know how much Bell is willing to uh, maneuver, you know what I mean, on, on his numbers. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the man's got to get paid somehow. So, and if it's not going to be from Steelers, it's going to be from somebody else. Okay, I think they have what to the – the twenty, right? They, well, they have the twentieth. You know, they can't deal. The Jets. <laughs> nah, that's definitely not going to happen. That's definitely not going to happen. All right, I gave your Pittsburgh friggin' time. Okay, we got off base, which was nice. We talked about some running backs, which was great. Okay, uh, we didn't touch on the Eagles parade. Okay, uh, touch on that real fast. We get some fancy talk. Okay, uh, and it's going to be short and sweet because it was everything and more than I expected. Okay, say what you want. Besides the young people that wanted to be down there and act like it was a party, that was supposed to be our time, our age group, okay? The older people right. from us, right? So those kids even know what was going on, okay? But all in all, I mean, from my moments, Jason Kelsey, obviously, uh, yeah. that speech, I mean, it's going to get played over and over again. Phenomenal, okay? No, nobody, nobody could have said and or nobody could have seen that coming. I mean, Howie Roseman's face when he starts talking about him being put in the corner, which is priceless. Okay, so that that, that was fantastic. Uh, Doug Peterson was like a, uh, a giddy little school kid, man. Walking around with a cell phone, taking videos, taking pictures, catching beers. Okay, was fantastic. Okay, seven hundred thousand people. I don't believe it. Bullshit. Okay, that 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 art museum was packed. I don't know where they get their numbers from, but all in all. Fantastic day. Great celebration. Really nothing more to say about it, but something that will be remembered for a very, very long time and something that gives us the itch to have it another time. They had to have it again. So once we repeat, okay, and we become this dynasty, the NFL, in the next three to four years, okay, we're going to have a couple more parades down Broad Street before the Sixers win and before the Phillies win and before the Flyers win. So that's my point.
it was nice seeing the the players actually getting out and engaging with yeah, the fans. It was, you know, what I mean, really coming was. off the bus all the time. They were taking the uh, police bikes and riding on them, you know, around the parade, like the players and this and that. Yeah, I, I, there were so many families down there. I mean, kids and, you know, it was just, it was a good time. And yeah, through this whole Super Bowl run, I mean, other than, you know, um, and I, after, you know, Minnesota came here in Atlanta, let's just put that, hey, that's a home game. And Absolutely, a big game. man. But in terms of everything, Super Bowl, parade, and all that stuff, I thought the fans were spectacular. Yes. And I really don't think there was anything more happening in Philly than it would in any other city in the whole U.S. You know what I mean? You're, you're, and, and the last I want to say, and, and for people to follow us and listen last week, you know, I, I, I said, it's funny. I seen somebody throw a tweet out there. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. There was, uh, there was a Philly cop. He was... He was getting down, dancing to music, and everybody's like, you know, I really feel that the Eagles could have just ended racism in the city of Philadelphia in yep. one parade. Yep. And, and you know what? Honestly, it's it's what we talked about last week. I mean, everybody came together. Doesn't matter. Okay, white, African-American, Hispanic, Chinese, blue, green, yellow, short, fat, skinny, tall, whatever. Okay, they all came together, all for one main goal to celebrate and it was just a, it really was a thing of beauty. Really was a thing of beauty. So we're going to transition a little bit in the last 10 to 15 minutes of the show. Uh, talk about celebration. I'm going to get an early celebration for my fancy baseball championship I'm going to have this year. But we're going to get into some fancy talk uh, because we told you starting this week, we're going to get some projections going. John does a fantastic job, been doing it for 20 plus years. He analyzes his statistics. He puts out his spreadsheets. We'll have that available. We'll give you a tease here and there. We're going to do some votes, some polls, some questions. Okay, follow us. Get with the program. We're going to do a listener league. we got a lot of fun things playing. But ESPN came out with their top 300, uh, Eric Carabell, if I'm not mistaken. And I jotted down the top 10. Okay, now this doesn't go by any position. Okay, it's just the top 10 overall players based on, now this is based on uh, a rotisserie league, okay? These are roto numbers, okay? If everybody doesn't know roto numbers, it's cumulative numbers, not head-to-head, okay? So, number one is Altuve, and I know John's a big Altuve guy, okay? Number two is Trout. I would go with Trout. I'm taking Trout one. Okay, okay. Oh, so, we, so we actually agree on that, right? Yeah. Yep. So, but again, I mean... Altuve is 27, Trout's 26. I mean, these guys really, I don't really think you can go wrong. I think it just goes by position. I think maybe some people might say, well, I'm going to take the number one second baseman because I know there's a ton of outfielders. Even though Trout's number one, maybe I can get the number seven outfielder as opposed to, now I'm going to quiz you here, another ad lib, as opposed to seventh ranked second baseman who could be who? I don't know. Give me a, give me a, is it Cesar Hernandez now? Uh, you know, a, a guy that, you know, it's, Cano didn't drop down yeah. that far, did he? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Is it Robbie Cano? Cano, I thought yeah. he was top five in, in, in second uh, baseman. But, he didn't have that great of a year. I mean, but I mean, he's getting up there. So that's the thing. I mean, you, you could probably get a guy like a, you know, maybe a, I, I don't think you can get Charlie Blackman, but um, give me, a, give me a decent outfitter, maybe you get in the second round. 
Who, who's a guy? Maybe uh, who you, second round. I yeah. mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good guys out there. Um, you know, what I mean, when you're talking second round of the draft, you're I mean, you're looking at a top twenty four overall player. You know what I mean? I mean, Herrera's not uh, O'Double's not one of them guys, is he? I, I don't know. I hope you're drafting him to win your league. <laughs> I know, I'm take him say. in the second round. I mean, you know, it, it, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of guys, man. It all depends. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at number, and, number 20. I mean, you're looking at, like, Mookie. Ben Attendee, Tommy Pham. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean? And, and, and so so my question not, is, Not though, anything spectacular, but, you know what I mean? You got the elite. I mean, that's what it is. You got the elite at the positions, whether you say second base, outfield, I mean, you know, at second base, there's not a whole lot. I mean, you got Altuve, who's, you know, head head and shoulders above everybody else. But then it's, if you miss out on Altuve's sweepstakes, it doesn't much matter if you get, you know, guy number four or guy number 10, 11, potentially. You know what so, I mean? So I, here's a good question. So here's a top 10, because I, I look at well, red Put flags. it this way. First round, I'm not looking at position scarcity. I need numbers. I don't care what position you play. It doesn't matter. You want to start messing with that, you know, when you move on? Not in the first round. Not first, first round, round? I do not do anything. You just go, with you go straight stats. I, hey, especially in a five-by-five you know, five five roto league, I need to get X number of runs, stolen bases, home runs, ribbies, and a batting average. So I need the guy that's going to deliver the most amount of those. Now, the plus with Altuve is he gets so many at-bats, you know what I mean? And when he's batting... 320, 330. Good team I mean, out there, man. Yeah. 600 at bats for at 330. You could have you could have a knucklehead that gets 400 at bats and bats 220. And you're, you know what I mean? It's so offset with the number of at bats he has. But I'm still looking at the counting stats and I'm still going with Trout. So you have the list, right? I gave you the list, top 10. Okay. I'm going to, for the list, I'm going to read them all. Because I, I, what I'm going to ask you is, because I have my two, out of this top 10, if you had to pick two red flags, whether it be a bust, whether it be a guy that's not just going to produce this year, injury problem, just two red flag guys out of this top 10. So on this top 10, this is obviously, like I said, ESPN, Altuve, number one, Mike Trout, number two, Paul Goldschmidt, number three, Arenado, number four, Mookie Betts, number five, Charlie Blackman, number six, Trey Turner, number seven. Bryce Harper, number eight, Max Scherzer, nine, Clayton Kershaw, 10. I'll tell you what, I'll give you one, just one guy. Right there, I look at this list right there and I go, Charlie Blackman is my red flag. Uh, so we're 31 years old. Okay. He had a great year last year. First year, am I going off of last year saying it's the first year he actually stayed healthy? I mean, he, he hasn't really had a healthy career. I mean, he, he's put up – last year was probably one of his best statistical yeah. years. He's right. getting up there. I mean, 31. Right. Right. He's 31. Uh, he does play in Colorado, which is a fantastic place to play. 31 isn't that old in baseball, though. 31 still kind of prime. Okay? But he's this guy – he just doesn't say to me that God is going to give you that back-to-back success. Okay? Another guy for my money, and I know you don't agree – it's Paul Goldschmidt. Okay, I, he's a red flag to me. And I know he's the number three player, and I know people are going to say I'm nuts, but I don't know. There's something about him. I look at consistency, and not for the out the year. I'm a big consistent week-to-week guy. 
I don't want the guy who's going to give me 40 points one week and 18 the next, 8 the next, 45-1. That's Goldschmidt. To me, that's Goldschmidt to a T. He's never consistent week to week. I want a consistent week to week guy. Arenado is a consistent week to week guy. Trout, consistent week to week guy. And why the hell is Bryce Harper number eight? Hey, can, can, can somebody explain that to me? I I'm 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 with that. I told you from the get go. I did not think he was in. He's got to be top five. I'll tell you what, what. What's funny is you look at the rankings and he's at eight. You look at the ADP and he's sitting up there at like five. I mean, you're, you're so here you go, and, and this is for listeners out there, okay? So you mean to tell me that you're going to take Mookie Betts before Bryce Harper? No. Out of your friggin' mind. I, I, for whatever reason, look, I'm not, I can look here at who my top 10 are, and it's all based on the stats that I project based on changes, team lineups, you know, batting order. What they've done in the past three years. What are they over their career like? Are they up, down, what what have you? So I kind of take it all together and I plug in my number. And then the numbers plug and fall where they may. So I'm sitting here and I see where I have Charlie Blackman in my top ten. And I don't care if I'm picking number five. I'm not drafting Charlie Blackman. You know what I mean? So, there's, I mean, there's one thing that the numbers do, but it's still the guy, you know, guys that you have a preference for or not. You know, well, that's what I was going to say. And, I mean, this is Valentine's Day. So I know myself, whether it be football or baseball, I had a little cushy spot in the stomach every now and then for certain guys. I just like those guys. I want them right. on my team, right? Yep. So if I come up to the draft and I'm drafting number seven and Kershaw might be ranked 12, I'm taking Kershaw because I'm, I like Clay Kershaw. He makes me feel good. He makes me feel comfortable. So my point is – these rankings that all these guys put out, even ourselves will put ours out, okay? It's it, it still comes down to what we think, the way we portray the numbers, the way we analyze the statistics. Everybody has their own way, okay? And it's always going to be – that's what makes it so great, which makes it so unique. But I, I completely disagree with this list, and I know I'm not Eric Carabell, but I, I really do. I, I don't think – I could jumble this around at least three or four times, Um I think maybe what we should do, John, is because we're, we're kind of up against it a little bit here. I think we're going to take this top 10 list. Uh, maybe I'm going to take a little screenshot of it, throw it on the heat ratio, Twitter uh, Twitter page, at the heat ratio. And I want to hear some people's sort of feedback. What do they think? Uh, would, would they have that list? How would they interpret this list? Who would they change? You know, would they would they have the two pitchers at the end? Would they move them up towards the top? I mean, I, I kind of think those pitchers need to be up a little more. Uh, it's my own, you know, my own opinion. Uh, I told you the way I feel about Bryce Harper. Um, and next week we'll talk ten to twenty. Okay, we'll talk some sleepers. We'll talk some breakouts. We'll talk some some I like to call them stiffs, which are busts. Um, talk about arms, arms in the pen, maybe closers, maybe setup guys. That's, that's what I care. You got to get to training camp to really get. I mean, I, I get it, but yeah, yeah, but we got to have preliminary data, oh, I right? Got to have it. Um, obviously, it'll, it'll change. Like you said, it's a good point. Training camp, pitchers and catcher report today uh, on Valentine's Day, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, so that, that I'm sure their wives may not be happy or their significant others, but who knows? Uh, me and you are here live doing a show, so spending our day together. So I don't know if our, our wives yeah, probably not, are happy not, not, that, we're, that, not, that we are. But. Well, and we're also not in sunny Florida either. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah exactly. 
Exactly. But uh, I'm going to start wrapping this up, man. Again, you know, we say this every week. It's like we start, we get, I, I think this was great. Uh, we ad lib a little bit, uh, you know, forgive. I know I'm sure this is what's going to happen. Okay. We're going to end the show and my phone's going to go off. And it's going to be Coach Dave. And he's going to say, uh, yo, you messed this up. You said this wrong. Okay. <laughs> I already know it's coming. All right, so coach, it's cool. We're gonna have and we're gonna have Coach Dave on here eventually. We're gonna bring him on, so maybe I I can get back at him and say what he messed up because I'm sure he's gonna throw what I messed up on. But nah, it's all good and fun. Uh, you know, fantasy talk again. It's always good. Preliminary. We'll, we'll have a little more next week. Again, man, we we had a great first month, John. Great first month. Okay, uh, yep. we had a nice number, big number of downloads, which was fantastic. Appreciate everybody's support out there. Keep it coming, man. Keep it coming. Just because Eagle season's over, we're still going to talk football, obviously. Still our bread and butter. We're going to talk NBA. We're going to talk baseball, we right? Dra- we got day. draft coming we got up. Spring training. I'm sorry. Spring training, man. That the weather changes. Sun comes up. Daylight savings yes, goes back sir. on. It's my. It's sunny out till 8 p.m. Good stuff. We might even do a show from the beach. I mean, maybe we'll do a show from the beach one day. Who knows? But, you know, we're definitely going to do some poolside. We'll do some poolside shows. <laughs> so that would be pretty cool. But, yeah, again, we, we want to just thank everybody's support. Uh, again, at Twitter, at The Heat Ratio. Please follow us. It's building. Uh, you know, follow the show. Subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Wildfire Radio, Wildfire Sports. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, at T Cotillo 23 Here's my co-host, John Coker, PGH John 36 on Twitter. You guys have a fantastic rest of Cupid Day, Valentine's Day, and we'll see you next week. Take care.